You sure are, big voice guy. At, uh, what, five minutes after 7 o'clock, it is the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. We are back here. Dave Vaughn is here. Stan Fainzelberg. Both you guys are in the chair answering the questions, taking the phone calls. You're tag teaming. You're doing the double duty. And... Uh, Kicking ass and taking names. 416-870-6400-640 on your cell is the way you want to call or one triple eight two two five talk That would be toll-free for the uh, for the evening, so call us now. This is a show about employment law, about your job, your workplace rights, whether you're an employer or an employee. Whether you're staring down the barrel of a severance offer, you're not sure what to do with it, don't sign. We'll tell you that much. Get a hold of these guys first and call in and have your say and ask your questions over the next hour. That's why we're here tonight, Wednesday night, the weekend shows, and of course, Employment Hour and 30 on Global TV and CTV as well uh, with myself and uh, Lior. Again, 416 870 6400 star 640 on cell and one triple eight uh two two five talk that is toll free guys the email address is help at employmenthour.com we will get to the most common questions you guys get asked day in day out on the firm whether it's uh in person or over the phone lines but uh, you got the week that was fellas what is going on yeah the uh, first situation i wanted to talk about was a uh, a client of mine who had uh short service uh, just over eight months of service he was 42 and uh, had a professional uh, job. Mm -hmm. On termination, he's offered four weeks of severance pay. He's entitled to one under the Employment Standards Act. They offered him an additional three um, in in exchange for a release. And so I I was speaking with him about it, and then he, uh, you know, at at first, it's still not a good offer, but, I mean, he was only there for eight months. So, um, you know, it's something, it's a starting point, but it's it's not a great offer. But then he tells me that he was actually employed uh, elsewhere, before he accepted job, uh, a job with this company. And he had about five years of service with this other company. And there was a, a real recruitment effort. So this, uh, the new employer hired a headhunter. And, uh, you know, there was a bunch of back and forth. Uh, he he expect, expressed some reservations. And uh, eventually they brought him in for some interviews. And uh, he, he jumped, uh, jumped over and uh, accepted a job at this new company. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, several months in, they let him go. And uh, what what we're uh, talking about there is the concept of inducement. So what that means is if an employee is recruited away um, from another company and, you know, there's promises of long-term and secure employment uh, that are made to him and he get, gets let go quite quickly, uh, some of that service may be, may be recognized in coming up <coughs> with his... Um, his, the notice period he's entitled right. to, and now you don't get the full. Um, it's not like he's a five and you know five and a half year employee or anything like that. But some recognition will be paid to that previous service, um, just out of fairness. And uh, based on that, based on the facts there, um, we were able to increase that package up to a four month uh, severance package. So nice. Um, it was uh, much more, uh, you know, it, it did reflect some um, recognition of his previous service. And again, you're not right. going to get all of it. You're not, yep. you're not a five-year, you know, five-and-a-half-year uh, employee, but you will get some recognition, and the courts will recognize that. Now, in terms of the, um, the lessons here for both employers and employees, if you're an employee and you're securely employed and you get, you're, you know, you are recruited away or a company contacts you with a headhunter and tries to recruit you, it's important, to, you know, if you are happy, if you are secure, to get some rec. You, you can actually negotiate some recognition okay. um, in that contract, so they can recognize some some previous service, or you can negotiate, you know, a fair severance package, reflective of that service. Should they let you go, and you have to be wary about a probationary period or a termination clause, because that that can actually limit you um, in terms of uh, the severance and get rid of any type of inducement argument. For employers, if you are recruiting someone, it's important to be upfront with them in the contract by having a probationary period or termination clause 
that can, you know, so basically the opposite of what employees should be looking for. But right. if you're an employer and you don't want to take on that liability of the previous company, it's you should just make the employee known to that and you should put that into writing. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Monica, we'll get to you in just a moment here. What else uh, What else you got going on, Davey? Uh, Stan's going to take this next one. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, Stan, John, welcome to the I'm, show. Come uh, on in, pal. Water's warm. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on, John. And, uh, yeah, man. What I want to talk about today is an ongoing case I have. It's uh, something I don't hear a lot about on this radio show, but I think is important. Most people may not realize it. It's about unintentional discrimination. I mean, most people think of discrimination and they think of the, the classic cases. Someone got let go because they were a woman or because of their ethnicity or race. Yeah. But a lot of times it's never that overt. Uh, and the case, in, in my case in particular, what happened was I had a client who had worked for a company. She actually also got recruited, but that's a different issue. Uh, but she got, uh, she's been with this company for about six months. And during that six-month period, she did admittedly have some absentee issues. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that period, she get, comes in one day and they have a letter for her that says, sorry, we're going to have to let you go due to absenteeism. So I will readily say and admit that she did miss some time and she took some liberties with vacation days. Yeah. And, and that's understandable. There, that does happen. People have to take a day off here and there. But most of the time that she was missing was actually due to two main factors. It was her son's illness, number one, Right. driving him to hospital actually once, uh, taking him to the doctor's office. And the other thing was that she was hospitalized herself. And again, they, they treated her fine during the actual time off. They, let, they said, no problem, you can come back when you have a doctor's note, mm-hmm. whenever you're ready. So they accommodated her at that point. But then when they made the decision to let her go, they considered her entire six-month period and all the time she had missed and basically relied on that time that she had missed right. to let her go. And I understand, again, I understand that it may affect the employer's ability to conduct a business, to schedule employees, what have you. But nevertheless, you know, by claiming that they're letting her go because of her absenteeism and when it's largely due to both her son's illness and due to her own medical conditions, mm-hmm. that is discrimination. That's discrim- uh, discrimination on the basis of disability, and that's discrimination on the basis of even family status. So I think the important takeaway is that Discrimination is not just about the effect, or no, sorry, not just about the intent. It's also about the effect that it has. Right. And in this particular instance, the employer decides to let this individual go, and it's fairly clear that they did so because she was sick. And that is the most common one we see in terms of when it's yeah. when it's not intentional. And you know, I speak with uh, business owners and employers. Uh, quite often, and they're just frustrated that someone's missing time because of a medical issue or because possibly because of a family's medical issue, mm-hmm. family member's medical issue. And, uh, you know, that's it's important as an employer to to realize that you do have, an, uh, uh, you know, uh, an obligation to accommodate that. Um, and um, it can be frustrating, but uh, you, you do have to work through that. This is a live call-in show, as you know by now, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one 225 talk We lost Monica. She was right there. I was just about to flip over and take Monica's call. Monica, if uh, if you got cut off for some reason, feel free to uh, call us right back here, one 225 talk That is uh, is toll-free, Yeah, it looked like uh, a great, the way. great question from Monica. So, uh, yeah. we, we'd Do love you know what it was? I, I didn't, I, I didn't uh, read what it was. Do you want to talk about it anyway? Well, I believe what I, from what I could see, it was a. Um, yep. she has a position right now and she was offered a new contract by her current employer. Okay. Um, and it, it was a promotion. 
And uh, so obviously I, that's that's the only information I have on it. But um, in those types of and usually you know when people call in on that type of uh, issue, they're they're wondering about the terms of employment and, and okay. whether they should sign or not. And um, one of the things you, you need to be careful with, even if it's a promotion or a salary increase, is if you're agreeing to new terms of employment, such as a termination provision, so something that limits your what you get if they if they fire you or let you go. Um, right. Sometimes they'll put in new clauses about their ability to, you know, the employer's ability to change your hours of work, your job duties and responsibilities. Maybe they'll yeah. they'll be allowed to lay you off. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe there'll be new. Um, you know, non-competes or uh, restrictive covenants in their non-solicitation. And, um, I, you know, that, that especially happens with long-term employees. All of a sudden, they're going to get a promotion. The employers had recent legal advice. Um, the, the, they now know uh, the types of clauses they want to include, and then they'll try to add them in. So you do have to be careful when getting a promotion or a salary increase these days. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I know I know you've said, uh, a day before, and Lior said countless times on this show, that generally, whether it's off the top or midstream in employment, when... Um, an employment contract is slid across the table uh, towards you. It's usually not in your favor. It's something for the employee for more protection on their end. So that's what you should be uh, mindful of, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Uh, you know, I, I find you know the more recent ones. I mean, employers are getting they're getting good advice these days. So yep. um, you know, and sometimes I've actually seen it happen where they may go through a lawsuit with someone else. So you know, they they fire someone and then they uh, go go through a lawsuit and their lawyer tells them you don't have any gotcha. contracts in place. So you have to pay this person common law. So whatever the whatever the the number is and then the lawyer says this is how you can limit in the future um have this have them sign this contract and then um you know i I see it introduced with either promotions or with just uh you know small salary or bonuses small salary increases or bonuses we're going to move over to the phones as promised robert thanks for hanging on fella how are you tonight i'm well how are you guys we are beauty go ahead uh dave and stan are both there for you what's uh what's your concern Awesome. Listen, I have a question. Um, I was a seasonal employee for about three or four years, and at the end of my contract, it was basically a term, so I was on for six months. I wanted to know if I would have been entitled to severance after they laid me off at the end of the season. So that's a great question. I mean, it depends somewhat on the situation, because if you have one contract, if you only do it once for one season, and it specifically says that at the end of that season you're done, there's no continuing relationship at that point, then the answer, unfortunately, is no. You're not entitled to more severance because they've actually technically given you notice of the end of your contract. It's the date that's written in the contract. Now, sometimes, however, people tend to work on these contracts for 5, 10, I've seen 20 years, people working especially in in golfing and skiing. Uh, You see a lot of people coming back the same year. They get a contract, they get laid off, they come back in the summer, and after 20 years, then they get let go, and their employer thinks they have no obligations to them. Well, it can, at law, it can actually be that that contract, those series of fixed-term contracts, convert by just the continuance of the relationship into an indefinite-term contract. And at that point, they're not considered individual, that you're considered to be a 20-year employee, and just like any other 20-year employee in Ontario, you are entitled to severance at the end of that period. Got it. Now, if there is a union involved, that would change things drastically, correct? (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Unionized employees, unfortunately, we cannot represent unionized employees because you you have representation. It's your union. You may not like it, but that's what you're stuck with. They signed the the collective agreement with your employer, and they are the only ones who are allowed to represent you with your employer. Right. Now, if the union has 
wrongfully represented uh, a union member, is it possible for the employer, the union, the, the employee, to tell the union if they could give them a letter in terms of saying that we've exhausted all of our resources? Now, then, can I go and gain legal representation? Again, unfortunately, you cannot because the entire unionized structure is that you have a collective agreement, a contract that binds you to your employer. And that contract was negotiated on your behalf, and it can, has a framework that allows you to challenge whatever issues you have with your employer, but only within the framework of the contract. Outside of that, you are not allowed to go to civil court with the, sing, with the single exception you are allowed to go to the Human Rights Tribunal and have a lawyer there if you've had your human rights violated. Robert, appreciate your call. We're going to hang on here for a short break. Mark, Harry, see you guys standing by. Continue to do so for a minute or two, and we will get to you. Plenty of room for your phone calls as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. If you prefer, one 225 talk That is toll-free. We continue the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour here on Global News Radio. Yeah, you bet. We got plenty of time. 416-870-6400, star 640 on talk That is toll-free. Dave Vaughn, Stan Fainzelberg here, both to answer your questions on this lovely Monday night edition. Mark, thank you for hanging on, fella. How are you? Hey, pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on with you tonight? Uh, Two-part question. Been recently good. laid off, and I wanted to know if you folk had advice on how a how to select a lawyer. Um, should I be looking at how many cases they've litigated, how many years of practicing law in, in, in the particular employment area? And secondly, once I have selected a lawyer, what can I look for to make sure that they're vigorous, vigorously defending my interests? Mm-hmm. Great questions. Uh, first and foremost, when were you let go? Um, end, of, end of March. And how long were you there? Uh, about six years. And what, uh, what type of job is it? Uh, senior management. Okay. And how old are you? I'm uh, 55. Okay. So in, in terms of severance, I mean, you could be entitled to, at the high end, 12 months, depending on uh, how specialized the job is, and probably at the low end, eight months. Um, so you definitely, uh, you know, have some have a you know, solid entitlement to severance pay, uh, a good severance package. That should be all forms of compensation. Um, in terms of selecting a lawyer, um, I think you know the, the most important thing is uh, to be comfortable with who you're uh, working with. Like this is someone who's going to be representing your interests. Um, they're going to be representing you against uh, the employer, who's going to have a, a lawyer and all, all likelihood a uh, you know a good good lawyer. So you want to have someone who uh, you're comfortable with. Um, I, I think there's uh, in terms of picking someone who's you know gone, gone to trial a lot. Um, I think there can be some advantages to that, but at the same time, uh, a lot of these matters uh, should be resolved um, somehow, you know, through negotiation and through a, a pre-court settlement. Um, so if you have someone, you need someone who's willing to go to trial, who who's done it before, and who's um, you know who will push to get there. But you also don't want someone who's going to uh, you know employ a scorched earth approach because um, sometimes if it goes to trial, the only people that win are the lawyers and not the uh, the, the clients. And I think that's something to keep in mind if you have someone who's okay. pushing you to be too um, unreasonable. Um, and uh, so I do think the most important thing is selecting a lawyer who you are comfortable with and who you have a good rapport with and you think you trust and, and trust can uh, will represent you. Um, you know, it re- re- represent your interests. Sometimes I talk to people who, um, 
you know, they actually say, I don't want to go anywhere near trial. I want to just see what you can do in terms of writing a couple of letters mm -hmm. and negotiating a settlement really quickly because, you know, maybe I'm going to get a new job or I don't want to spend a lot of time, um, you know, I don't want to spend the next several months doing this. A, a good lawyer is going to keep that in mind and make that the, um, you know, listen to the client and do, um, you know, employ the best strategy that represents their interests. Mark, appreciate uh, reaching out. You want to uh, follow up with Dave or with Stan, for that matter, simple. It's 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. And that is the way to carry on, so please do for, uh, to please do so. Harry, thanks for hanging on, pal. How are you? Well, if you stop it raining, I can uh, start working out here. <laughs> there you I don't, <laughs> no I don't kidding, think we right? can do that, but I wish we could. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Working for uh, a doctor for 22 years. He's moving to another mm -hmm. clinic and leaving her behind. Not that he wants to, but it's kind of no choice. Uh, is there anything available for her in that situation? Mm -hmm. So, Harry, when you say that he's leaving her behind, she's going to continue working for the clinic she's at right now. Is that her doctor is moving to a different clinic? Uh, he's uh, independent, so he's just the one and only doctor, and he's going into a clinic with five other doctors. Understood. So you're saying she's going to be unemployed after that? Right. Okay. Well, then, I mean, there's no question. If she's been there for that long, he's you know he's made the choice to join a different clinic. That's his right as right. as a person, as a professional. That's a termination, though. Yeah, but it's clearly a termination. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing more clear than a termination when you're no longer working. Okay. And at that point, I mean, you said your wife had been there for 20 years, and how old is she, Harry? She's 63. She's been there 22 years, actually. Oh, 22. And how, what's uh, what's her role there? Uh, she's the secretary. Yeah. So, I mean, at law, I would say anything in the range of 18 to 22 months is something that your wife can expect in terms of a severance package from them. Um, so if she if she hasn't spoken to a lawyer, I would strongly suggest that she contact us because it sounds like we can uh, definitely help her out there. Okay, she probably doesn't want to do anything, but I just want to know if we can do anything. But yeah, yeah, she definitely could. No, I she mean, should. That's a termination, yeah. mm -hmm. and um, you know, if they had offered her a job with the new organization, the new clinic, um, that may be a different story. Um, it, it would still be a termination, but she'd likely have an obligation to accept that work if it's similar and comparable. So. Oh yeah, she would do that in a heartbeat. It just uh, that's not happening. That's yeah. not happening. Yeah. So. And I, I'm I'm sure she doesn't want to move ahead because she's had such a long personal relationship with this doctor but you know i i, I would encourage her again to rethink of it because yeah. at the end of the day again he's made his business decision he's doing what's best for himself and his business so right. you guys have to consider what's best for yourself and your your family okay. moving forward okay so what was that number again to get a hold of you guys yeah, I'll give it to you right now, Harry. No problem. It's 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. To reach out, please do. Do not hesitate. Nobody's getting hurt here. It's a business decision, and it's your uh, it's your wallet, it's your bank account, and it's your future at 63 years old. So make sure you uh, you reach out indeed. John, thank you for hanging on. How are you tonight? Hey, John. You looking for John and Peel? Hey. Yeah, 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 that's you. John and Peel, yeah. that's him. What's going on, pal? <laughs> uh, well, I work for the region, and uh, as you may know, uh, provincial government's looking at the review of the structure of the regions, and they may restructure them uh, to the point where the region may actually disappear. Right. Uh, and there's a number of regions across Ontario that that might uh, impact. And I'm wondering, uh, if the region was to disappear as an employer, uh, is there a bank of severance uh, pay uh, liability that's set aside, or... Is there any legal precedence to negate severance payments in a, in a 
legal moves such as this? Yeah, that's a great uh, question and uh, a very unique one. Um, usually we deal with these types of situations when a company um, either is sold or uh, you know restructures its operations, closes down or goes bankrupt. And the only way the employer's not, and there's really no difference uh, in this situation, the only way the employer's not going, you know, not really liable for severance, or they're still liable, they just don't have to pay it, is if a receivership or a bankruptcy. Um, obviously, it's a little u- unique here. They're basically just potentially dissolving um, the region, but I'm um, very confident that there would still be severance pay owed to, uh, to the individuals who are employed there. I, I don't see any circumstance in which you would not receive severance pay. From the from PL region, that's good to hear. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, just to follow up on that, it's similar to how you know, if a business closes, that doesn't mean that they don't owe you money. That that could be their decision with their close, and that's seemingly what's going on here. The the province has made a decision to amalgamate all these different yeah. regions, and to basically to yeah to to wind up or the 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 region, but they'd still have they'd still have money, um, yeah. and they'd still be they'd still owe their debts, and they'd still uh, have to have to pay those uh, whether it's to employees or or vendors or or custom or or whatnot. Hopefully, Ontario is not bankrupt yet. So yes, <laughs> John, appreciate your call. Please keep us uh, notified of what happens in the future, and if you want to reach out, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Still plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions. As you probably know, 416-870-6400-640 on cell. And uh, thank you, Danny, for hanging on. We'll get to you next on our list. What is going on tonight? My turn? Hey, Danny. Yep, your turn. Big time. Uh, (laughs) Thanks, guys. Um, Yeah, man. My wife works for a company here in the greater Toronto area. They employ a few thousand people. There's, uh, I think, two different unions there. And there's also a small amount of people that belong to no union. And now um, they've decided that some of the employees and management, there's really not too much friction for management to uh, get them signed up with the union. Um, if my, it's my wife. So if she says that she doesn't want to be part of this, does the majority rule? Well, unfortunately, Danny does, because whether you choose to vote yes or no for the union, if the union gets in, then you're a member. And then you I mean, obviously, you can choose to stay, you can choose to go. But in terms of whether if you stay, you're part of that union. Right. So um, it's only maybe 10 or 15 people, but the company employs, I think, 3000 people. Nevertheless, um, they would probably go to the bottom of the seniority list. Correct. Well, unions don't. I mean, they probably doesn't work like that in your wife's situation because she's part of a unit, and clearly, if her unit hasn't been unionized till this point, then she's distinct from the other union members that you're talking about. So right. she's it, not union; she's kind of management, right? right. But let's not say management just right. But if her union is now about to get unionized, its seniority works within that unit itself, not within the entire company, because the company can have many different unions uh, representing different employees throughout. That's right. So let's say they all agree, these 10 or 15 people, to become part of a union. So mm-hmm. will she carry her seniority with this company with her? Correct. Absolutely. She'd still be, uh, how many years of service does she have? 15 years, and she's 61 years old. Yeah, so she'd still be a 15-year employee for all purposes, and, um, you know, under, you know, 
in terms of termination and severance pay, that's what it would be based on, um, those 15 years of service and moving forward, and she'd continue to accrue service. Now, the only thing is that if she did get let go, the, the collective agreement would likely specify the amount of severance she'd get, but it would be based on that full 15 years of service and, and moving forward that would continue to increase. So she doesn't become a new employee um, simply because of that. Okay, so she... So what I... So here's the thing. They're not unionized now, so when they do get into this union, she carries her 15 years? Is that Absolutely, what Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And, um, okay, that's, you've answered my question. I mean, that's what that's I was why thinking we're here. about. That's why we're here. Sorry. That's why Thanks, we're here. Thanks, Danny. That's why we're here, man. Appreciate the call as well, and plenty of time for you to call in if you want to uh, do like Danny and ask your questions, get some answers. It's 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one 225 talk toll-free. If you've never used it, even just for interest sake, severancepaycalculator.com. That will tell you what you're owed as far as months and money is concerned. It is free. It takes about 30 seconds to use, and there's a contact button at the bottom. You can get a hold of uh, Dave or Lior or Stan. At your leisure from then on. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. Most common questions you guys get, you uh, you hammer together a quick list before we went on air. And I'm just going to uh, machete our way through these. Number one, uh, you could do this, Dave or Stan, doesn't matter which, uh, whichever one you guys yeah, want to pick it up. Or I both. can uh, lead off on this one. Yeah, man. The first one is, I didn't do anything wrong. Can my employer terminate my employment? Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say that's probably the most common question I get um, whenever I uh, speak to someone about severance pay, um, and they've just been let go. That is the you know probably the biggest um, factor that they want to talk about is that right. uh, you know I don't know why this happened. I had great performance reviews, and uh, I've never you know never been disciplined, and um, you know that's that's all um, you know well and good, but unfortunately uh, it doesn't really matter because an employer does not need a reason. Uh, to terminate your employment. They can, you know, it's their business. They can let go uh, whoever they want. They just have to provide a severance package. Um, so it, and that's called a without cause termination. Now, the only way that, um, you know, be, you know, performance or, um, you know, the, the employee's conduct or misconduct comes into play is if we're dealing with a with cause termination. And that's when the employer asserts just cause and, and does not provide a severance package. So that's um, the only situation where really the reasons of termination matter. And I guess also um, if there's any type of discrimination um, in terms of the reasons an employer can't let someone go because of uh, protected ground under human rights legislation, such as you know medical disability, uh, ethnicity, yeah. race, gender, and, and whatnot. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, the number to call through if you have questions as we sit here and go back and forth with these common questions. The uh, the fellas get at the firm every day. I'm going to lob an easy one over the plate for you here, Stan. How much <laughs> severance should I get? <laughs> yeah, check uh, out the severance pay calculator. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Well, as yeah, you know, have a good I mean, night. The, uh, what you get is dependent on a variety of factors, the factors being your age, your, your position, uh, how long you've been there, and then sort of a catch-all other factor what you've done looking for work, if there's any other factors that can kind of play into that. Some things that we often see are if somebody's sick during uh, after they get let go or if they have uh, parental responsibilities, uh, familial responsibilities, all of that mm -hmm. kind of goes into that question of how long is it going to take you to find that next job. So really there's no one way to answer that. It's all these factors thrown into a pot and 
stirred with the, the magic law stick? Yeah, the um, the severance calculator basically asks you three main questions, age, years of yep. service, and position. And those are really the key, those are like the foundational questions uh, or right. factors we look at to, to, to come up with a severance package. But like Stan said, there are a lot of other factors that can, can come into play. He covered some of them. Uh, other ones would be if you have a non-compete uh, in your contract of employment. Sometimes I've spoken with someone and let's say, you know, based on those that, that, that basic analysis, they're going to get a, a six-month severance package. Then they send me their termination uh, or their employment agreement, and there's a non-compete. I talk to the person. They basically say, yeah, that's gonna, I'm not going to be able to work um, because of that, and it's 12 months. Well, yeah. if the employer wants to enforce that, there's a good chance that severance package is going to be 12 months. Um, now, in most of those cases, what we do is we don't actually secure the person 12 months. Instead, what we do is we have the employer waive that. Uh, non-compete gotcha. and and confirm and you know the, the the smart employers actually do it without even you know reaching a deal so what they'll actually say is you know just so you know we're you know officially waiving um, any right of ours to rely on this right um, so that can be a factor um, like Stan said if you're injured um, you know either before the termination or d- if you get injured during the notice period that can impact mm-hmm. it um, other ones is uh, other ones we've dealt with is when um, Someone, uh, it's a very unique position, or they're, someone's let go as part of a group termination. And so all of a sudden, there's a bunch of people who have the same type of skill set um, and work to the same company, and they're all competing for similar jobs. Well, that can come into it as well, because that goes to the availability of similar employment. Yeah, and right. the other one, uh, Dave started the show off with it, which I think is an important factor, is inducement. If you get recruited from your old employer... That can factor into what you're going to get in terms of a severance. So sure. And then the sure. other one to be to be actually you know can hurt the severance package that you're owed um, is if you have a contract of employment that has a termination provision. Yep. And uh, you know a lot of the time people will fill out the severance calculator and it has this you know um, you know generous severance package that says they're owed. And then I look at the contract of employment, especially ones that have been negotiated or signed recently. And there's actually a clause that limits um, their termination entitlements and takes away common law. And, you know, there's there's a lot of creative ways we can get around those types of clauses, but it is a factor to consider. So um, when you are, if you are let go or you know someone who is and, and you're in that position, fill out the severance ca- calculator, um, get, get an idea of your entitlements or an estimate of your entitlements, but then give us a call um, because we can go through all the other factors that may impact it and we can go over your contract and, uh, and, and everything and uh, de- determine how we can assist you. The show rolls on. Still plenty of time to call in uh, live here, ask your questions. If you're wondering something about what we've talked about or you got your own question, no problem. 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell, talking about the most common questions in general you guys get, uh, if not on an hourly, at least a daily or weekly basis. Another one is, uh, what do I do now that I've heard your show if my employer doesn't pay me enough severance? What are my first steps? Yeah, that's uh, a great question, and um, all too often uh, I know people just, you know, they're given a severance package, a termination letter, and they're in the meeting, and uh, they sign it and return it, and, um, you know, I, I um, and they basically, once you do that, you've taken away your ability to negotiate a better severance package, and I can tell you that it's very rare that I see a severance package that's, um, you know, within the uh, the range of common law, so, um, you know, what do you do if if you do get that termination letter is, um, you know, don't don't Google it because you may you may see what the uh, ministry says is the uh, minimum standards, the Employment Standards Act. Give us a call. We'll review it with you. And um, what we usually do is recommend just negotiating with the employer. And usually these matters can be resolved within you know several weeks. 
Um, so it's not usually not a big, long, drawn-out process. It's a it's a couple weeks, and uh, you know we contact the employer and negotiate a better severance package for you. Next question, guys, is my severance letter says right here that I have to accept by a certain date or else. Dun, 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 Friday night at 5 o'clock. What do I do? Yeah, this is certainly one I get in here all the time from clients yeah. because they're just so nervous. And that's part of the reason that employers put that in there. They want to make you nervous because they want you to accept the package they put on the table for you. They know that it's worse than what you're going to get. And so what you really need to worry about is not that date. The only date that really makes any difference or any deadline is a two-year limitations period, which is you have two years to bring a claim in civil court. Every other date is basically artificial. Uh, when I see a letter like that and an employee is super nervous, I tell them, look, if you want to ask for an extension, go ahead. But that, in, unless you want to take that specific package, which generally speaking you probably don't, then you don't have to worry about that date because it only applies to that package. 416-870-6400, star 640 is the number to call in, and we will get to uh, Raheel. Hey, Raheel, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Hey, how are you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Sure. Uh, actually, I uh, just have a question on behalf of my wife. Um, she uh, got laid off last year, and uh, she was supposed to get EI for 12 months, but then it ended abruptly five, six months into her um, biweekly payments, and the note said that she had received all the funds available mm. for her. I just wanted to clarify all that. That's it. And why did you uh, why did you believe she was entitled to it for a year? Usually, people aren't don't get it for a full year. No, they changed it. It's uh, it's geographically tested now. Right. I think in Toronto, it's forty three weeks. Okay, it's just that we we didn't know that it, it said that she was supposed to be she was eligible for twelve months, but then she only received five six months. That's strange. Uh, did she uh, get a new job? Did she get a job during that time period or something, or did she get money? Uh, no, 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 not at all. No, that that is strange. Now I'm I'm only. When did this happen? Is this recent? Yeah, uh, it actually ended last um, uh, um, last month. Yeah, because I know they did make some changes based on where you where you live, um, and so basically the amount amount of time you get EI and the amount of money you get during EI is impacted by where you live, and the, I think it's based on some economic factors and whatnot of the region. Yeah, there's also the question of insurable hours. I don't know how long your wife was employed uh, with your previous employer, but if you don't have a full slave insurable hours, you may not get the full entitlement that you you could potentially right. have. The best the best thing to do, because um, Service Canada um, can be... Uh, tricky to deal with the best thing to do okay. is to just ask you know follow up with them as much as you can and if you have to talk to different people there uh talk to different people until you get the answer and there usually is some type of an appeal mechanism uh, that, you, that you can go through and you don't need a lawyer to do that okay all right uh thank you so much thank you for taking the call thanks for heel appreciate that thank you for uh for calling in we'll get to uh another call here as we uh, we roll on still got some time few minutes anyway uh remy hello how are you not too bad good what's your question uh, non-compete clause. Do I have a case? Uh, I'll tell you, uh, I'll be quick about this. Uh, 2017, I was let go from my employer in Brampton. Even though I commuted from Niagara Falls to Brampton each and every day without being late, uh, they called me in and they let me go. And the contract states that they could let you go for cause or without cause, but they didn't have a justifiable reason. Do I have a case that I can reopen? Well, well uh, did you sign a severance package? Uh, yes, I did. 
at the time. At the time, this happened in November of 2017. Okay, but and did you sign a, a settlement document or a severance package? Yes, I did because I had approached you guys. Uh, I came up to the office in Toronto, and one of your representatives, after looking at the contract, told me I didn't have a case. Okay, so you signed the severance package. Yes, I did. That okay. was the only way out. Yeah. Got it. So, yeah, if you sign the the package, then um, it would uh, you don't have any recourse. The, that's the deal. So, um, unfortunately, you you wouldn't be able to get more severance pay now. Um, if you spoke with someone from our office, um, I, I assume the package was uh, a fair one because um, you, know, you know we wouldn't have told you to t- to sign it otherwise. So, I got you. Okay, thank you very much. Makes sense. Okay, thanks, pal. We'll see if we can get Seek in here very quickly. Seek, you got about a minute. What is uh, what's going on with you? Hi. Hi there. Hey, talking to Fita, right? Yes. Very quickly, you got about a minute. What's your uh, what's your question? Okay, yeah, I sent them a note, a doctor's note to go back. Yeah. Um, and they asked for specification for modified, right? When I gave them that, they said they can't put me back at the location I was, and I'm there. I worked for FedEx for 19 years. Mm. But with a security company, mm-hmm. so I have 19 years seniority. And so, so now, what? What reason did they give you for not uh, letting you come back to that uh, location? They said the restrictions that I have, which is not walking for more than an hour, not standing for more than two hours, no heavy lifting, no mm-hmm. up and down stairs, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're sending me for overnight, midnight, far away, all the way in Toronto, for two two nights a week, 12-hour shifts. Which I have cataract and I can't drive at night so far. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, I told him all that, and he told me. And then they're sending me to an abandoned warehouse where I would be alone overnight again, seven to seven. Which I can't run, I can't walk because I have arthritis. I have both knees replaced, which they know. What look they they have. If you come back from a medical leave and you have medical restrictions, you have medical notes supporting it, they have an obligation to accommodate that um, to the point of undue hardship. And from what you've said, it doesn't sound like they're doing that. Um, but before doing anything about it, before you know quitting or uh, or anything like that, give us a call because we can walk through everything with you. Can review the medical documents, can review the correspondence from your company, and uh, we can assist you. Thanks for calling in, and that'll uh, wrap it for another evening here. Stan, Dave, good job, fellas. Back to work you go. We will reconvene here on Wednesday evening with Lior, the Employment Hour. Uh, you want to follow up? It's one 821 5900 com, and as always, help at employmenthour.com through email. Back in here on Wednesday, the uh, weekend shows, and uh, Employment Hour at 30 happens on Global TV and CTV on Saturday and Sunday morning as well. Till next time, that's it for the Employment Hour. Stick around, though. Don't go anywhere on point with Alex Pearson returns right here on Global News Radio.